Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing good today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm really excited for jammers. But uh, actually, I've been wanting to ask you, we talked earlier about our, our jam goals for the year, and our, the skills that we wanted to work on, and you wanted this to be the year of leg rolls. And so I want to know, how is that going? Yes. Well, you know, I, I'm not as uh, driven about it as I was when I first talked about, but I'm still working at it. And I've, I've found some interesting channels. I've done some inside leg roll and some outside leg roll, and I've done some standing up. And really, I've kind of found all sorts of options, but I haven't mastered any of them yet, but uh, definitely have found some pretty cool things. But I'm hoping that by uh, FPA Worlds, I have some new things to to show folks. Are they going to be in the routine? That's the question. Uh, Yes, you'll have to wait and see. Next time I come up there, we'll do some filming and maybe we'll get some video evidence of your leg roll practice. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's some really interesting uh, concepts that I've been, been legging around. So... So with that, uh, why don't we jump into today's episode? We're going to continue our conversation with Stork, and we start off by asking him who some of his freestyle inspirations were. So enjoy. Who were some of your freestyle inspirations in the 70s and the early 80s? Wow. You know, I always hate to do that because you miss miss people, and, and then their feelings are hurt, and 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 they and they came in waves. I mean, you got to remember that when we think of the Velasquez brothers, you know, we we think of these tremendously uh, adept players. And and when when I first met them, they were a couple of guys, you know, just hanging around the edge of the demo. You know, I mean, so so it's like that eternal question about heaven, you know, like what age will I be? You know, I mean, like when I'm up there, I mean, am I going to be like early 20s or as I am now or which of my I've had a number of wives. Can you give me any clue on, you know, which which one will be there with me? Uh, But so, uh, you know, I mean, I'm kind of stuck on the Lycra spandex uh, years for the the B brothers because (laughs) that that made such a uh, uh, an indelible impression. Uh, on on my brain, uh, you do know the story of of that where the senior world the well the the worlds were in New Brunswick probably eighty two, and we had senior competition and in the uh, the senior competition was senior freestyle was individual uh, judging with a designated thrower so uh, uh, Craze had agreed to uh, throw to Dad. And uh, we thought, okay, this is going to be really cool. And then we're, we're kind of working out their sequence of what throws dad wants and what he can do. So we were, we were trying to, to figure out what throws Craze was going to throw to dad. I said, we need some way to separate you guys from the rest of them. I mean, everybody's just kind of wandering out there. And, you know, they're not really, especially because it's individual, they're, you know, it's not really as... We need something to grab their attention. I said, okay, I'll be back just a minute. 
So I go over to the brothers and I say, okay, can we borrow the outfits? Okay. And, and they say, <laughs> well, for what? They say, for Craze and Dad. They go, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, of course they did. <laughs> so it's Craze and Dad in the white, super tight, ball-hugging outfits. You know, and I mean, it killed. It killed. I mean, people were just beside themselves. I don't know if they even saw any of the freestyle. Because the moment was just so great. And I hope that Michael Jackson was a music choice too. Um, that would topped I, it off. Oh well, whatever, whatever they I, I think so. Whatever they were playing to at the time, that's that's what was was used. I mean, I've had the opportunity to bring it up again over the years to Craze and Dad and both of them say it's just among their fondest <laughs> memories in life which and i'll get back to to the freestyle people but there was something i said in um uh in brooklyn that that i really have pondered because most of the time when i say that stuff i haven't i haven't really thought about it before and so then i have to think about it a little bit afterwards to think well should i have said that um and i i think that i said that one of the blessings of this thing that we've done with our lives is that we've had these transcendent moments that we collectively have created the opportunity for ourselves to have and the realization that there are so many lives that never ever get one of them they never get one of them and and we've had just so many I think I then segued into, you know, what would your life be like without Frisbee and all those relationships and places you've been and everything. But we've been so blessed to have so many of those just, well, transcendent, I guess, is the only thing to say of just one of those life crowning moments that we've had so many of. And and a lot of people never had one. That, that's when you think about that, to me, it's just mind blowing that that we've done that for each other. I remember you giving that speech and that had such an impact on me and hadn't really kind of put it in that compartment and the way that you kind of described it. And we really are so lucky to have had this rich buffet constantly at our disposal and have had throughout all these years. And I think that's one of the things that Jake and I have learned in talking with all of these folks is that we've barely scratched the surface of how much of this cornucopia that we have got to talk about. It's really, it's just jaw dropping. Now that said, <laughs> it brings us back to competition versus festival play. And not that there aren't transcendent moments in, in free play. There are, I mean, I, I think one of my, I, I'm, I don't know that I'm ever, more comfortable in myself than I am each group of people who are compatible, the right wind, that communication, moment, exchange, anticipation, execution. There just aren't many things in life that are as good as that. But it isn't that same transcendency that putting it on the line in competition is in the right setting. That is, there's a certain culmination of the moment that competition provides us to. So while I'm often 
seem like I'm minimizing the importance of competition and almost saying, hey, let's get that out of the way so we can do these other things. There's no question that, I mean, if if all of Ultimate was just pick up, run around and play, there wouldn't be that many transcendent moments. Being in a tight match and triumphing over odds, I mean, that's that's a moment that is to be cherished and almost only ever happens in competition. So, I mean, I, I want to balance it out enough to say competition largely gives us that saying. <laughs> the, the trophy and all of that is, is really, really secondary to it. I, I can remember talking to players, disappointed players in especially the 80s during those years where everybody was clawing to get to the top and talking to mostly disappointed players because <laughs> that was always the preponderance of saying the only thing you can ask yourself at the end of this this week is did you enhance or erode your presence as a player in this experience that is at the end of it do you feel better and do other people feel better about your play than you did coming in if if they do then you have won and you're in the midst of winning. If they don't, even if you have the trophy, you lost. That is, if you went out and you played, they somehow statistically deemed you the winner, gave you the trophy, and most people are mumbling, no way, you know, no way, those guys were better, then you really didn't win. I mean, you have the hardware, but it's it's all about how did it go? How did how did it go? How did you feel? How did the people who know and saw you play? Did you enhance your reputation as a player, or, or did you erode it? And if you enhanced it, you have to go away happy. That that's all there is. That truly is all there is. Anyway, just a tiny uh, sidebar on competition. Yes. I like that mentality because it it allows there to be more than one winner, right? There Anybody else. can go out and and enhance their reputation or, or erode it. it yeah. Or he wrote it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it happens. It happens both ways. And we see it in other sports, too. It, it, it happens. It happens all the time. Anyway, back to back to other other players. Wow. There just were so many uh, and were and are so many inspirational players. I mean, I've run out of superlative things to say when when like a Wiseman uh, racquetball tape comes up or something. I mean, I said all the superlatives that I have words for. I can't say, I don't know what else to say other than that when the aliens come, they're taking him first. You know, I think that's what I viewed recently or something. You know, but uh, back in the day, this brings us to the herbal, uh, the herbal sauce, the Indian summer uh, tournaments up at uh, Sonoma, which were just glorious things, particularly glorious for me because they were always at the end of a hard season of responsibility. And, and I had no, no responsibility there. It was just come up and, and enjoy yourself and just be a player. And it always seemed that it was, you know, at a time of year and time of day that a honey, honey yellow glow, it seemed like that was always the case at those Indian summers that you were there was kind of, uh, afternoon, late afternoon, and and it was this 
this warm glow of, of sunlight and the end of the year and the end of the day. In those years, I mean, it's when the mutants were, were coming up and, and Skippy and uh, Kevin Furtado and Andy Yates and all the bizarre stuff that they were coming up with. And the, the crest of the crown was uh, Corey and Evan playing to uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. I mean, it was just, wow. Everybody wanted to be those guys. Uh, it was it was a life transforming experience to see those dudes play. I think you would find many people, almost everybody who saw them at their peak, was galvanized in the same way. So, did they have the Indian summer herb sauce that you refer to? Later, we go to the buffet, and this cute little gal says. Stork, would you like the herbal sauce or the uh, or the whatever sauce? And you know, being kind of always toying with the idea of vegetarianism and being up there and everything, I go, man, let's go with the herbal sauce. Sounds sounds good. So she ladles on the herbal sauce, and I go to my place at the table, and I guess I'm, you know, it's Skippy here, and I'll be Albonapane on my other side, and you know, I'm very hungry <laughs> haven't been out on the field all day so i'm i'm putting away the herbal sauce uh, spaghetti uh and uh, after a while i i say to al it it's come to my attention that skippy and his friends here to my right are the the funny the funniest guys that i have ever heard <laughs> and does he does he notice how funny <laughs> How funny these guys are. I said, it's like, do you think that this is a routine that they have prepared and that every one of these repartee things is something that they've practiced? Or is this just, are they just just unbelievably funny? And Al says, which which sauce did you have? <laughs> and so oh, boy. Said, the, the, the herbal, he says, oh, oh okay. Uh, yep, you're right, Stork. They're they're really funny. So I'm listening in on them. I'm having more uh, and more herbal herbal sauce, and now I'm kind of contemplating this and the whole situation. And I I say to Al, Al, have you ever noticed how smooth your teeth are? <laughs> the, the, when I move my tongue, along, I've never really noticed that they're really incredibly smooth. <laughs> and, and Al says, Oh God. I I think we're we're done we're done with the uh, with the pasta stork. Okay. <laughs> I, I I was not broadly experienced as I noted earlier uh, at that time. So that was quite quite a quite an experience there. Skippy is very funny. I mean it turns out uh, You mentioned Evan David, and one thing that we've been taken with in talking with a lot of folks is how much influence he had on so many different players about just style and creativity. And I didn't really realize that he had had that kind of impact. You know, he really impacted a lot of great players um, and how they approached the game. It was really, really amazing. And then, of course, you know, they had other, I mean, G Rose was was there and and she and 
Corey had so much success together too. And, and I believe, I mean, uh, echoing back to how different Joey was approaching the game, I think that Corey, I think every move was uh, clock. Was it clock or counter? I can't remember, but counter but one spin. I mean, religiously. Yeah, Which, he was the originator of that psycho bash, you know, that counter right psycho bash. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of uh, extraordinary when you when you think about it. Which which brings me back again to 1970, probably three or four, when we first ventured over to uh, to Central Park from uh, from Rutgers, and Irv and I went over there. And at the time, uh, I I took uh, only clock uh, exclusively. Uh, not that I'm great with both even now, but you want to be impressed, throw me clock. You know, I'll show you something. You know, I, I, I don't do much with counter. And so I'm playing with, with Freddie Haft. And and Freddie is throwing me, I guess, lefty backhands. And I'm going, oh, okay, um, what, do you have a sidearm? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess sidearm, righty sidearm. <laughs> so, okay. Great. All right, who else do you have? Anybody else? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> clock? Anybody? <laughs> uh, so wait, but this was in '73, something like that. So you weren't nail delaying. So what spin direction? Well, I, just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Well, maybe it was later than that. Okay. Maybe it was later. It must have. It must have been. If I care. If I cared that much about the spin. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm just curious. Did the spin really matter before nail delays yeah. and nail brushes that much? Well, Do people think about that? Well, you know, when you're playing with a novice, it matters, of course, because it's spinning out of their hand. But, but probably not. Probably you're probably right. It probably was post nail delay because we we made a number of trips up there. We had a couple of uh, meets where we came and Rutgers played the the Central Park people in multiple events in in Central Park. Carl, Carl Mountain Crone and and um, uh, Carl Braithwaite and uh, Brian Ure and uh, you know the whole circus. You know the whole gang. When you saw freestyle exploding, you know, with the likes of Donnie Rhodes and Joey Hudockland, to name a few. So where did you think the sport was heading at that point? Um, well, as I said, that that 80s explosion really was uh, made a big impression on me. I mean, that people got so good so fast. And when you look at those old tapes in retrospect, it's amazing to me how much people were doing then. You know, I've kind of forgotten how good they were, but people were doing amazing things there. I mean, play some Donnie Rhodes tapes. Jesus. I mean, <laughs> Donnie was incredible. And then, I don't know, are, again, are we are we up to Coloradicals yet? I mean, where the, the level of intricacy uh, of that, that threesome and, you know, how patterned that play was. And I was a huge fan of that. I mean, I, I really loved the the fully great in, integrated uh, interactivity of that where components of the move were being shared by the players as opposed to move, uh, do my move, hand it off to somebody else, do my move, hand it off to somebody else. I mean, I, I, I loved that and continue to. And um, it's one of the things incidentally that I think has been problematic for footbag that footbag moved into a thing of where you kind of stand in the circle, somebody does their soliloquy, and then it either drops or then hands it off to someone else and kicks it off to someone else. They do their thing. It's harder to fully integrate cooperative play in footbag than, than it is in disc. I think it ended up being part of the reason that you don't see as many kicking circles as, as you used to. 
Uh, there's probably other reasons too. I mean, I always loved doing that, but but so many people were making contributions in that time, and it was a little bit of a different era because era because in the in the early going, like uh, early WFCs, everybody played everything all the time. I mean, there wasn't anybody who wasn't interested in freestyle throwing and catching. I mean, even if they were guts players, they were still interested. Everybody was discovering it. And the dorms at Caltech, people were throwing and catching the whole time, 24-7. I mean, there was always a game. You could walk out in the hall and there was somebody working on something and willing to throw and catch with you. And everybody was doing everything. So then by by the 80s, you know, specialties had started to kind of emerge. And that's when we started to see, you know, the incredible progress of of the what the focus on freestyle and people were stepping back and saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a freestylist. I'm not I'm not that good. I'm I may do it in overall to get some points, but I'm not a freestylist. And so that was kind of the beginning of seeing that that specialty and and people with the focus like Joey. I mean, the amazing thing about Joey's focus, you know, over his whole life is that that he has found it so engaging and so deep and so uh, and he's and he's a guy who's not easily amused. And so that tells you something right there. I mean, that that he didn't tire of it after the first 10 years or so. You know, I mean, just kept exploring and digging in it uh, so much that that itself is is amazingly impressive. So yeah, that was really interesting to hear Stork's perspective about Joey and how committed he stayed for such a long period of time. But uh, you know, in my life, I find that a lot of things I get really into them, and then I feel like I get to a certain level of mastery, and then kind of like, okay, what's next? But with freestyle, for me, and probably for Joey too, it's just there's so much there that it always seems fresh and new, no matter how. How many times I feel like, oh, I've reached the pinnacle, then I go out into a jam and something new and amazing happens that I didn't expect. And it just creates this uh, this discovery process that never stops. And so, I don't know, for me, that's why I stick with it so much. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's funny, you know, we kind of do the same things kind of every time we go out, but I always find it to be a fresh experience and because there's always something new even though i've done millions of body rolls there seems to be some nuance or some slight difference that happens every time so it really is kind of a fresh experience every time so that is what keeps me coming back is that it always seems new even though maybe somebody watching going oh my god you guys are doing the same things over and over that's really not the case we're doing something different all the time and that is what makes it special yeah, I guess, you know, maybe part of it is the nuance level, like from a higher perspective, like you're saying, it's a chest roll, it's an under the leg, it's a whatever, you know, the same types of moves. But when you're in it so deep, as deep as we are, especially when you're completely in the moment, you, you see all the subtle little nuances that you might not see if you're on the outside looking in. So one example that I could think of, um, of something that might look the same to an outsider, but is actually, you can go really deep on it. Uh, in my own personal experience, is catching scarecrows. So when I first started, it was just the same scarecrow. You make the motion, you look away, it's blind, you make the catch. But then as I started to practice more and more, I realized the catch is actually different whether the disc is flat, whether the nose is pointed up, how steep the nose is pointed up, whether it's down, how high the set is, 
uh, whether you're doing it off a roll or off a set. Uh, and I, as I started to see those nuances, I would actually practice that. I would figure out how to give myself a throw that was different than the previous throw so that I could learn how to twist my wrists and make the grab no matter what the angle was of the disc. You know what? You really are a freestyle geek. <laughs> that's what makes it fun <laughs> yes that's the geekery that we all love so hey i wanted to uh give a shout out because i know that we have new shirts available is that correct jake yes that is correct um so there's two two new things first it's the same first there's the original design except for i've changed the circle from orange to yellow so that we can uh, color match a lot of different colors so now we have uh, colors from the other perspective, like red and orange and stuff that we didn't have before. So those that's really cool. Now you can match any routine outfit color scheme that you want. You can get it with a Frisbee Guru shirt. Ooh, I like it. That's pretty cool. And then the other thing is uh, we have a new design, which uh, I call the Guru Hand. Uh, it's a word cloud with all of our common jam terminology in the shape of a hand. It's pretty cool. I think it'll attract attention and maybe non-freestylers might see it and, and want to ask you, what the heck is that? Why do you have those words on there? Roll? Delay? Spin? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I like it. Instead of talk to the hand, it's jam to the hand. Jam to the hand. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, hey, Jake, on that note, I will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee.